Hey, this is your boy Dino Red of the Red Rock Podcast Network. This is Five Song Friday, and these are my five songs.
Yeah, you know that's where me and E hang out. Too loud. You know what I'm saying? That's where the crib's at. Trying to set my fucking battleship Turning on his flashes Calling up the dogs Now my Lexus Coupe is flat Surrounded by the hogs Snatching out my seats Telling me I sell dope Am I on probation or parole? I tell him fuck no Tell me Mr. Officer What's the problem? What's the matter? What you gotta treat us like scum? Is it data? Niggas doing a tad bit better than you And brutality is all that your crackers can do And lock me up when in reality, officer friendly, kick my ass. Damn, you overflex your authority, dude. Put your foot in my shoe and let me try on your boot. So I can run it in reverse. You can treat me like God and I can treat you like dirt. The 22 years I've been here, I saw. Motherfuckers disrespect God before they disrespect the law. But yo, I got to diss them. Cause I refuse to be misled by this ungodly system. Mr. President, I'm beating on your back, dope. I'm making mine doing rap for them black dope. Where well, are United States of America? You honestly believe just because you wear bags that means you care? You have the right to abuse and treat my people like the animals in the street. I'll be damned, your blood will flow with the hands of the black man in the same streets that you kill me and my brothers in. Mr. Mr. Officer, Mr. Officer, Mr. Sergeant, just because I'm young and I'm black, I'm a target. You say I'm selling dope, but you're fake, cause young dope dealers flash cash and make mistakes. And besides, we ain't dealing no more. Look at my hood, we ain't killing no more. So, everybody's yelling peace. The only war that's going on is going on with the police, cause they ain't stopping with the bullshit. If they could, they lock us up with some chains and swing a bull whip. Cause they figure they're the master. And they can take you to jail or take your lives. Them sorry bastards. That makes me wonder why. The five vote can determine if we live or if a nigga dies. And to me, that shit is wrong. Only God can take life, but I still gotta watch the law. It's bad enough I watch the next Jeep. But even worse, I got to watch the motherfuckers who protect me. They fucking pack a cat show. They serve and protect. They don't respect cause I'm black, ho. Every black man that is a carjacker will start jacking police cars and watch your brains shed on the dashboard. Why will you pull us over? You sure show pistols before you act as for a driver's license. Rolling through my Something hood and my right. motherfucking dropper. Getting tailgated by your motherfucking copper. But 
school nerdy shitheads. I finally figured out why you bitches rolling packs. Cause niggas who ain't shit talk loud and pack gats. You got a fucking pistol. Now you think you're a vet man, but you can get gut. Because you be just like the next man. Holding me for nothing. Running my fucking license plates. My plates come clean. You're calling the DEA. Hey, the DEA says I'm a known drug dealer. Straight born killer. A motherfucking wig splitter. He don't know shit about a nigga, but I'm black. As far as he's concerned, all niggas push crack. And plus I'm 22. That really makes him check. A drop top bins, Lexus poop, no respect. I gotta be doing wrong. I'm hiding something from the demons. He gotta be slinging me. Yeah, let's pay someone to spring him. Cause niggas can't have shit, but I'm a motherfucking troop. You come to us like Luke, undercover David Duke, Mr. David Duke, Mr. Officer, Mr. Mr. Master, I'm picking out your carpet, sir, die motherfuckers, I send your folks my worst, a brass stuffed pig in the motherfucking hearse, so fuck you motherfuckers, punk bitches, take that, cause I'm real with this shit that I started on slave ships, there are more records of slave ships than one would dream. It seems inconceivable until you reflect that for 200 years ships sailed carrying cargo and slaves. Run, non, non-violent. In the face of the violence that we've been uh, experiencing for the past 400 years, is actually doing our people a disservice. In fact, it's a crime. It's a crime. Here come the drums.
again. Bass in your face, yeah, not an track. Getting it good to the woods so the people keep it some of that reacting to the facts that I can't. And it's sick. And it's staying around, point to the joint, put the booter down. Go and yeah, go and get yeah. to the roots yeah. and giving it up. So turn it loose. Then again, I got a story that's harder what? than the hardcore cross of the Holocaust. I'm talking about the one still going on.
Yes, greetings, folks. Welcome. This is Five Song Friday, a show on the LS Rules podcast feed. I am Lamont, uh, and I am here with Dino Red. Welcome, sir. What's up, my man? (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. This is, I'm glad to say, I, um, when it comes to people, I don't think anyone would ever describe me as a people person, okay? So this is my attempt, and and, and now that there's social media, which is outside of interpersonal human-to-human contact, which I'm not that strong with, there is now social media, which means there's a whole new realm of interaction with people that I get to suck at. And so (laughs) I am now trying to get down with the Black Podcast Network, you know what I'm saying? This is my attempt to to be a part and, and to share and, and and to interact with folks and and I'm glad to say that uh, you are a black podcaster and uh, and welcome you know I'm glad to be doing this with you. Hey, thank you and welcome to the BPU. We're glad to have you. Nice. So let me ask you this: You're out in LA. That's right. Um, you are a part of the Red Rock Podcast Network. Yes, sir. On this podcast network, you have. Four shows, four or five, four or is there more? Is there just the four? There were four shows, but there's now three. One show uh, left and went out on their own. Okay. Now, what are the shows on your network? The shows are um, the flagship show, which is the my show, the main show, the Shiznit show, and then there's uh, Hoopla, which is gaining in popularity, very very good uh, sports comedy show, and then there's Out of Thrones, which is what it sounds like is a uh, all things Game of Thrones. So it's on it's on break right now since, you know, Game of Thrones is on break. Exactly. So I was familiar with the Shiznit show, and I checked it out. Maybe I'd seen a link or something, so I just straight clicked on the Shiznit show. So I wasn't aware you had the whole network going on. And I know um, the Black Eye Who Tips does them thrones, and I listen to a bunch of other Game of Thrones podcasts because – you know, I'm a, I like Game of Thrones. So right. knowing that you have Pot of Thrones means this is now another show that I'm <laughs> going to be listening to when the season comes back. Cool. Now, cool. are you on that one? I am on that one. Oh, snap. All right. So <laughs> where, where are you at? Like, is this it, as you're ranking? Because you don't do any other TV show recap type, type of things on your network. So this is only the only show that you talk about. Well, not entirely. See, this is the thing. Um I was uh, actually telling this, I think I was telling uh, D of Mac and D this, but I was telling somebody this. Originally, my my network started with one show, and it was not the Shiznit show. My first show was the Deuce and Dino show. Okay. Deuce was my nephew, or is my nephew. And our whole show was basically the same thing that the Mac and D show is. We All we did was television shows. But not long after I started that show, maybe, you know, a couple weeks in, I had the vision. I knew I wanted to start a network. And the flagship show is generally, the you know, the strongest show, and it paves the way for the other shows. And that show, for me, it was too narrow. You know, there was a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't because of the format. Um, A lot of people wanted to support and listen but they couldn't because of DVR or like podcasts. You know, people kind of watch at pleasure, just like me. I never watch anything live. I don't watch anything live. I don't listen to anything live. Everything I watch 
is on DVR. Everything I listen to is in podcast form. Even when I listen to terrestrial radio, it's in podcast form. I don't listen to it live, you know. So they wouldn't listen to the show because they didn't want anything to be spoiled. So I was like, okay, you know what? This will be a good show to bring back later on, but I need another show that's going to reach reach a wider demographic to be my flagship show. And then that's when I came up with the Shiznit show and relaunched. And I've been trying to get my nephew to come back with that show ever since, and he just won't won't do it. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just be listening to the Mac and D show. <laughs> but on the Shiznit, we do talk about uh, we don't we don't we don't talk about any show regularly, but we do like we've been talking about Black Ish the last two or three episodes since it's been out. We've been talking about Black Jesus. Um, okay. Actually, Black Jesus is supposed to be on our show today, live in the studio. So like hopefully, the uh, show? yeah, yeah, Sling Johnson, okay. yeah. So uh, hopefully that, that 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 works out. Um, but but yeah, so yeah, I'm a I'm a TV fiend, just like D. From Mac and D, I, I love all kinds. Of, my wife too is a TV fiend. We watch lots of TV together. All right, favorite TV show all time? All time, right now it's 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 a tie between uh, The Wire and Game of Thrones. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just processing that because The Wire to me is hands down. But to put the Game of Thrones in that category, because usually a lot of people like they'll put you know Breaking Bad. You know, Mad Men, yeah. Sopranos would be in the conversation. But Game of Thrones now inch, seems to be inching up in a lot of people's all-time list. Yeah, it's, it's well, you know, at first it was too early. But now they've been around long enough where you can say that. They've been, you know, it's, it's been consistent. It's been, you know, what, four seasons? Now it's time to start talking about them as, as one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, because, they, you know, they're, they're doing things that... The cast, there's never been a cast this huge on any show ever. You know, just the, the it, just just the scale of this show. No, not even The Wire. Not even The Wire. Right. Not even close. Not even close, trust me. <laughs> it, wait, just, if you're including all of, like, the soldiers and the armies and everything, all right, I can see it. <laughs> all the unsullied. <laughs> <laughs> the eight thousand unsullied. Okay. <laughs> all, of, all the Cal Drogos people. All right, so you're in L.A. Okay, so yes. I would figure your show, and you, like you said, you got the dude who plays Black Jesus on your show. So you have like a lot of show business, like interactions, that kind. Of, perhaps only because one of the last shows on the Shiznit show I was listening to, your co-host on there was talking about going to Dr. Dre's house for a party. <laughs> so like, right. yeah. Are, so does this mean like? Because this isn't something that you've always done, is it? Like with the getting more like Hollywood with it, like is this more of a road you're gonna start going? You mean like as far as the show? Yeah, like getting celebrity guests and like you know your well, partying we, and all that kind of stuff. I think it was always pretty much always whatever. You know, it just depends on the opportunity. But I think episode eight, uh, we had the real Rick Ross. Okay. You know, not 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 the rapper, right, right? The real Rick Ross. The one. So, that, you know this movie. He's now got a who played Omar just played him in a movie, didn't he? This um, Kill the this, Messenger with uh, Jeremy Renner, where he's talking about the you know the drugs come info coming into the country, and uh, Michael K. Williams just played, I believe, just played Rick Ross in a movie. Huh? Did, is it out yet? 
Yeah, let me just confirm that before I'm talking some junk. I'm gonna have to find that and download it. Oh, I mean, uh, you mean uh, on demand? You mean? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I mean like Netflix. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, just look it up. Yeah, Michael K. Williams is in this movie, Kill the Messenger, currently in theaters. Well, depending on when you listen to this, but he plays Freeway Rick Ross in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kill the Messenger. Wow, y'all have to check that out. Yeah, it's about but that yeah. dude. Um, what's his name? Gary Gary something that wrote Gary Webb that wrote the articles about uh, you know the drugs and the and the, the contra yeah, 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 all that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so we had him on pretty early, and, um, you know, we had uh, some, we had another reformed gangster on, um, uh, I can't, what was his name, his, man, I'm blanking on his name right now, oh, okay. man, no, <laughs> no, this guy was actually, um, this guy was actually, uh, Kenny G, Kenny G, that's his name. Um, Song, saxophone is great. Saxophone. <laughs> not that one, not that Kenny G. Matter of fact, that was the name of the episode, not that Kenny G. Okay. He, uh, he was mobbed up, this guy. He actually went undercover and was like one of the longest guys that was like undercover. He, was, he went undercover like longer than Donnie Brasco. Damn. Yeah, he actually met Donnie Brasco too. So we had that guy on our show. And, um,. And we've had some authors or whatever, but, you know, it just, as it, it just, comes. yeah, exactly. As it comes and as the opportunity presents itself, then, you know, that, that's how we address it. But, yeah, it's not something that we're seeking or, you know, kind of going after or whatever, no. Okay. Because there's two, they, there's actually a lot of work, you know, and they're unreliable. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot, they, they, a lot of times they'll flake on you. You know, we've, I've had this, this, um, this young, uh, white rack. Uh, rap chick, uh, kind of a, uh, Iggy Azalea type, um, and this was before Iggy blew up, uh, it was earlier, earlier this year, I can't think of her name, and, uh, I don't want to give her any shine anyway, since she, uh, blew me off, she's from Oklahoma, she came out here to do the show, and, you know, I talked to her handlers and her people, and they lasted, she was on her way to the studio, and we're sitting around, sitting around, an hour later, I'm calling her people, they're like, she should have been there by now. And then you called up Kenny G, and he was like, "Yeah, dog, I picked her up outside the studio." Right. So you know the the celebrities they they can kind of you know throw you off, man. They're know. on their own time, their own thing, and you gotta you gotta exactly. you got an operation to run. So yep. you got like the whole studio set up over there. Yeah, it's a little yeah, a little studio in my basement. You know, nothing fancy. How? But what made you get into podcasting in the first place? Like, did you always have an interest in broadcasting or are you performance based? Like, what led you down this road? What led me down this road was like pretty much everybody else from LA. I'd wanted to get into Hollywood in some capacity. I actually went to school for TV and uh, film production. Me too, and have oh. and absolutely are not. And this is as close as we got. <laughs> right, exactly. I uh, after I graduated with honors, the top of my class, I knocked around Hollywood for a year trying to find a PA position. Okay, wait. And before you go into that, let's talk about what you did while you were in college that made that set you apart. Like I did, some, I was doing college radio. I did music video, TV shows, a couple other shows. Like what were you doing in college that was getting your creative juices going? Well, what I did in college was I actually designed and had implemented into the curriculum a uh, a broadcast a, a broadcast news uh, show. Okay. Yeah, we we didn't have anything. I went to my professor. I was like, 
what, what our our, our uh, newspaper was called the Rainbow Report, or no, sorry, the the Rainbow was called the newspaper. Well, yeah, and I was like, look, Ed, we need to uh, we have a video production facility. Right, and we have classes and all that. We should have, why not have some video uh, version of our newspaper? And he was like, that's a great idea. And so, you know, we kind of put it together, and uh, it became an official class. And, uh, yeah, so See, I... Uh, we have a similar thing, because uh, I went, you know, like I said, I was fascinated with radio, and radio was the main thing I wanted to be in. Until, you know, but then I, you know, when you get into college, everyone wants to do a radio, you know, mm-hmm. but so yeah, right next door to the radio was the TV studio that no one right. was using except for the <laughs> classes. So and this is like, we're in the same age range. So back in the day, you know, I, I went to a school like kind of in the sticks and right. there was no BET on the, on the, on the channel, on the, right. in the, in the cable system. So I was like, right. okay. Um, let me call up some record companies. Let's get some music videos, and we started doing a music video show. And then uh, you know you, you got you make your own way. Cool, yeah. yeah so yeah. Right, so okay, so you you're kicking around, okay, you graduate. You're kicking around. You're trying to get some PA spots, and then where? Right. Got nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> Big stack of rejection letters. Yeah, man. It's it's um, you know, who you know does help a lot. It, it, it's hard to compete. With, um, like, okay, here you are, you know, just an, uh, fresh out of school, trying to, you know, work your way up, and here you, you're you competing against these trust fund kids. Nephews. You know, yeah. They, 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 first of all, they're related to somebody. Yeah. Second, second of all, they have money, so they don't have to work. They can put in these crazy, they have no kids, no, no marriages, no responsibilities. They're 20 years old. And, and, and don't need money and can work 80 hours a week. How can you compete with that? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, didn't, I wasn't even married or had kids at the time. I just needed I to just eat. on my own. Yeah, I just needed to pay rent and bills and stuff. So, you know, and that was like, wow, it, it was it was that was hard to compete with. And so anyway, yeah, I didn't find anything. So I ended up uh, I ended up working at um, as a technician. As an audiovisual technician, okay. so I took my talents to corporate side. America, <laughs> and yeah, I started off as a as a part time technician. I worked my way up to assistant director, and yada yada yada. I did that for a few years, and then you know went on to other stuff. You but know, see, none of let's... that's feeding your creative. So, at what point oh. along that path do you decide? All right, I'm getting away from what I really wanted. Is that when the podcast started? Well, sort of. This is how it happened. Um, while I'm just doing my regular day-to-day job, whatever, I'm getting older. I'm getting disillusioned with the radio, and I'm, like, turning into this old, crotchety old man where it's like, what the hell is this these young kids are listening to? They're ruining everything. I don't want to listen to music anymore, so I start listening to talk radio. Yeah. And out here we had a really good um, talk FM station. It was called Free FM. And Lycus was on there, and Howard Stern was on there. And after Howard Stern left, then uh, Adam Carolla took his spot. I became a big fan of Adam Carolla's and uh, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank. I don't know if you know any of these names, but they're they're big names in the industry. Just the national names, yeah. Yeah, and so anyway, uh, after a couple of years of listening to that, that folded, right? And at the same time, too, I started listening to podcasts also on the side because 
in the beginning, a lot of these people, these these big people, whatever, who were doing terrestrial radio, started taking their shows and breaking them down and making them available in podcast form. Mm-hmm. So that was my first introduction to podcast was terrestrial radios breaking their breaking their shows down and offering them up. So like if you couldn't listen to it live or like you know a lot of times you know when you're at work you can't just sit be, you can't be chained to your radio so you you're moving around and you're missing stuff yeah, so i found out that's a very important option right so i found out that i could listen to the whole show later on like on my time with my my control minus the commercials mm-hmm. i was like wow this is this is even better why would anybody listen to it live yeah so that was my first then i found out about actual podcasts that were created to be podcasts only started listening to those and um, one of the, by this time, uh, Free FM had folded. Some of these these bigger cats that were in terrestrial radio are full-time podcasting now. And so, you know, that's, I'm, I'm getting into it more that way also. And uh, one of the uh, group, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, they, they were doing the podcast full-time, and then they went back to terrestrial radio. But their producer... Their producer had her own podcast now, right? And she didn't go back. They didn't hire her back when they went back to terrestrial radio. So she was just on her own doing a podcast. And I started writing in, giving her, like, feedback and stuff. I was like, you mind if I give you, like, just some constructive criticism or whatever? She was like, she was really open about it. She was like, no. And so she really loved what I had to say about, you know, her show and my ideas. And she started implementing them. And I tried to, uh, I actually wanted to produce her. I was like, you know, can we talk about something where I can produce you or whatever? And that never happened, but we did become friends. Okay. But for whatever reason, she loved my ideas. She thought they were great. She used most of them, but she just, she never, we never got together, uh, which for me worked out because, and then after, it turns out she ended up taking a break while she was on her break. That's when I just said, forget it, I'm going to and start my own thing. Yep. And I just bought my equipment, like, one little piece at a time. And uh, then I launched my uh, launched my shows, whatever. And then next thing I know, you know, she's uh, actually coming on my shows, you know. Uh, as a guest. For, you know, as a guest on my show. That's cool. How long you been at it now? I've been at it now, um, actually getting close to a year. Nice. Yeah. All right. Making some noise, making some connections, getting some yeah. strong guests. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how you build, you know, and then, and then it's one day you look back and you're like, dang, I've been doing this for a year. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so you chose five songs. That's right. The first song you went with, sir, uh, despite the fact that you just spoke to the exact opposite of this sentiment from LL Cool J, I can't live without my radio. Despite the fact you've turned your back on it, what, uh, what is it about this LL Cool J song that you, that you appreciate? Well, okay, the reason, the, okay, I had, you know, I had a hard time trying to find five songs, it's and I want, yeah, I wanted to, I didn't just want to pick five random songs, which that would have been easy, mm-hmm. but I wanted to have some sort of theme, okay. so what I did was I tried to pick five songs that represented uh, some kind of turning point, if you would, in my life, Okay. so I Can't Live Without My Radio was kind of my introduction to my love of hip-hop 
Uh, I heard I heard rap songs before that, but that was one of the first ones that really, really, like, wow, I love this shit. <laughs> this shit is dope, you know. So and, let me ask you, because you're growing up in L.A., right? Yep. What was the like? Was the sentiment of hip hop, you know, traditionally coming from the East Coast and going over there before you guys started doing your own thing? You know, that eventually made its way back over here. But like a predominantly East Coast music was it, it was before any of the other nonsense. It was like, dang, look what look what cats are up to. So it wasn't really a thing. It wasn't like, man, them them dudes over there. It, it was everybody was in on it. Well, yeah, it was kind of like in the beginning, that early on, there was no East Coast rap. It was just rap, yeah. and it was all coming out the East Coast. But that never that never mattered to us. Never occurred to us. We, that never. We, we were so excited about it that we didn't care where it was coming from or who was doing it. We just loved it, and it was just new, and it was just great, do you and it was just the, like black people. So, yeah. Do you, so, do you remember the first thing, like the first West Coast artist that made an impression on you? Oh, definitely. First West Coast uh, artists were uh, that made an impression on me was, was N.W.A. Okay. And it was a the, the Boys in the Hood song. And I was I was a little bit slower than at that time than a lot of other people because my my father is a pastor, oh. so music was was taboo. Uh huh. Well, so what, uh, what was the religion? Christian. I mean, what, apostolic, Pentecostal, Baptist. Uh, at this point, well, originally apostolic, but by this point, it was non-denomination. Okay, so but still, in your household, there was no movies, no. Hip hop, all that. Yeah, well, you know what's funny was I, I later was like, we we couldn't go to the movies, but we had cable television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, they show this at the movie, so how come we can watch it at home but not in the theater? No popcorn, <laughs> no popcorn and juju bees. That's the devil's work. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so I wasn't, like, going to the latest stuff and whatever. I had to kind of sneak and whatever. And when, I, when stuff finally got to me, you know, I wasn't on the cutting edge like a lot of my friends were or, you know, some of my friends were in school. Uh, but, yeah, by the time it got to me, that's, you know, NWA was one of the first. I don't know. If, uh, I can't remember if there were other West Coast artists that were making any noise before NWA, but Boys from the Hood was like my first introduction to. I thought to you were going to say Boys from the Hood was always hard, but that's all right, whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> that song that was my my first uh, experience with West Coast rap. All right, so you you kind of keep it, it West ish. You next come with some Scarface. I'm black. Yeah, Scarface. That's South, brother. Yeah, but okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, it does have a, more of a West Coast feel than the East Coast feel, that's for sure. Which is probably why I, I was so into it. Now, I'm black. Have you ever heard that song? I am like, not the least bit familiar. Like E40, Scarface. I'm uh, like uh, like Eight Ball. Like there's a lot of those like Southwest to me artists that just never made it, you know, through me. Okay. Well, this song came along during my my late teens early 20s when I'm in college and I'm, I'm a young black man living in Los Angeles at the height of the of the gang culture and and 
the the tensions with LAPD are well not just LAPD all the surrounding municipalities are tensions are sky high and I cannot count how many times I've been stopped you know and my buddies and I just minding our own business driving along have been pulled over and harassed thank God none of us ever actually got beat or anything we got roughed up a little bit but nothing serious you know but just you know, cops trying to run us out of town and literally like it's the old west and stuff. We don't want to see you around, you know, a couple of miles from my school and stuff. Like, really? How are you going to tell me I can't come back in the city and my school's right there? You know, I'm a college student, you know, just and that anger, that anger, this song, it, this song, it just personifies a lot of that rage and that, that anger that I was feeling at the time. And Man, this this is one of those songs that just it moves me when I hear it because I identify with it so strongly, and it's just really real to me. So that's that's why I picked that song. All right, because there's sometimes some people put me on to music that I'm not familiar with, and this I think just based on the way people describe it, because I hear people describe it before I actually hear it, and then I look forward to hearing it when I'm editing the show. This is one of those that's going to fall in that category because I'm you know uh, a similar situation, but not, but I'm. There's so many things I want to ask you based off of what you just said. First, growing up, you know, West Coast, during all that stuff, gang, police, it was like the police are your enemies, the random people are your enemies. Like, did was that just like a pressure cooker of a lifestyle to exist within? Like, just, you know, because I'm seeing it from the East Coast. I'm so far removed, and it's like a whole world away. And it's like, damn, I don't know how people could do it. It's like Mexicans and blacks and just, just so much just... Uh, combativeness. Like, did yeah. you feel that? Yes. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it's just you shouldn't be a college student and and be af- afraid for your life that much. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't really be worried. Like, you're scared of the cops. You're scared of the gangsters. You're scared of the black gangsters, the Mexican gangsters. You just scared. All, it's kind of like a uh, juice. When uh, he said, we're running from Rodimans in there, we're running from, we just running like a fucking track. <laughs> well, it wasn't running, but it was just being scared of everybody, scared of the cops, scared of the gangsters, scared of the Mexicans, scared of this, scared of that. And this is like, uh, you know? Like, and it was so like, real, like you couldn't go in certain neighborhoods and you couldn't wear certain colors. Was that a real thing? That was a real thing. Um, it wasn't that. You couldn't go in certain neighborhoods. It's just you didn't want to go. And if you did, you better not be wearing the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. Uh, you know, I, yeah, because, yeah, one time my a buddy of mine, we got jumped because he said the wrong thing, you know. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it was it was very real, That's very real. So of all, like, the movies that you see, you know, you got Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society and that kind of thing, when movies came out like that, I, I presume it's like when white people listen to hip hop and see like the experience of other the way other people live. So like me watching like Boys in the Hood or Menace to Society or any of those you know West Coast you know movies from the nineties. Those like those were accurate. They weren't like you know you know uh, glory 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 glorified depictions of life. That's like Baby Boy and all that like the bikes and the, all that culture that I'm seeing. That's all real. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. All right. So, uh, like, it, yeah, all right. So not to go deeper, because I, ugh, you're, you're a whole interview, man. Damn. All right. So next, you go, you bring it back to this coast. Public enemy. Can't trust it. 
What about PE? Is, and and first, and let me ask before you get into that. How did you? I, I should ask it after, but I'm going before. How did you feel when your boy Ice Cube, West Coast Ice Cube from Boys in the Hood, jumps over to the West East Coast and hangs out with the Bomb Squad to make his awesome albums that he wound up making with the Bomb Squad? How'd you love all that? Yeah, that was it was dope. That was fine. I you know I'm I'm not that type of cat, man. It's like you just I don't care where you're from. You know, uh, if you make music, I don't. I'm even one of those dudes that we. In communications, we learned about there's there's the the, the, the message and then there's the form and I, the I don't really, message, yeah. yeah right I don't even care what what you're saying as long as the way you say it grabs me okay. if you say it in a dope way and it sounds good to my ears then I really don't care what you're saying you know that's that's me I, I don't get offended I don't I don't really care whatever you can be talking about demonic stuff I don't care Mr. Ouija one of the dopest songs you know uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony I don't care it, shit is dope I don't believe in it anyway so <laughs> so P.E. Public Enemy can't, tr- can't trust it what about this song affects you well this song is a bridge from it, it still it still has some of the ang- it still represents some of the anger that I'm feeling about being black, young and black in LA. But then also where I'm like a young black man in college and starting to learn more about my roots, you know, learn more about being black and being proud and, you know, about, you know, taking black history classes and learning about our, you know, the people that came before us and paved the way. You know how some songs will take you back to a whole Say, for instance, you'll hear a song and it'll take you back to just school in general. But then the, some, some songs will take you back to a specific moment. That Can't Bust It song, the moment that it takes me back to, not only does it take me back to my college days, but just one specific memory. Um, I was on the student council and my crew, we were all uh, either members of student councils or members of our different clubs or got together we used to rearrange and, and to clean to clean to clean out and rearrange our student union on a Saturday. So we're up there on a Saturday and we're cleaning everything and we were done and we were about to uh, go get something to eat and we were like, hey let's put on some PE. You know we we've done all this hard work. Let's kinda let's cut loose a little bit. And we put on Can't Trust It and we're in the student center dancing. It's like five of us and we are just like, wow. And then all of a sudden, like, we just blow the speakers out. <laughs> literally? You literally did yeah. that? Oh, damn. We literally blew the speakers out in our student center because we were blasting Can't Trust It on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so did you fess up to it or did you just bounce? <laughs> no, nah, we, we fessed up to it. I think, you know, we raised the money to, to oh, pay for yeah. it or whatever. Well, yeah. that's bass in your face, not an A-track. <laughs> All right, so coming up next, you go with Alicia Keys. You don't know my name. That's right. Okay. Uh, like I said, every song represents a turning point in my life. This song, you know how uh, couples, you know, you, you and your girl, you have a song? Yep. Well, this is me and my wife's song. Okay. And uh, this is our song because... 
when we first started dating, this song had just kind of hit. And it seemed like every time we were together, everywhere we went, this song was playing. And, you know, we both liked it. We both liked Alicia Keys, whatever. So that just kind of naturally became our song. So, so we, you had like that's your wedding. Like, do you are you married? Yes, we are married. So was that the actual year of wedding song? That did we play that at the wedding? I can't even remember now. It's been like ten years. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't remember if we played it at the wedding. I'm pretty sure we played it at some point during the wedding. But yeah, it's that's still our song. Like she she saw me when I was sending this to you. Mm-hmm. She said uh, she saw uh, she's saw me download what it's like what are you doing with our song like ah, you know? right. <laughs> don't bring anyone else into our thing right right <laughs> well, tell your wife i said hi and not in a national way just i'm in it now all right and now your last song you go with one of my favorite artists all time stevie wonder isn't she lovely and i just have a feeling i i know where this is going but why don't you go ahead and say it? right and it's funny that i chose stevie wonder because Maybe two or three episodes ago, we had a segment on. I have a segment on my show called Back in the Day. Okay. Where it's, uh, well, basically, we're all 40 something, whatever, and all we do is reminisce and, and have old references or whatever, so that why not turn it into a bit, right? So we have this, this bit where we, we pick a topic or whatever, and a lot of times it's music, and, you know, and uh, I think it was, yeah, the topic was the, the, the first, oh, oh, um, to bring an artist that your parents or older sibling or someone older turns you on to. And my co-host Charlie Bell picked a Stevie Wonder song and I was just saying how <clears throat> I, I know I could lose my black heart for just saying that I'm not the biggest Stevie Wonder fan. I like him. I respect him. You know, I understand all his contribution, contributions to music and everything. I'm just not a huge Stevie Wonder fan. And I was then I, I but I do love this song. And this song, as you know, was written for his daughter. And so this why I picked this song, because this represents the birth of my daughter. And if I had Stevie Wonder talent, this is the song that I would have written for my daughter. Okay. So she just turned six. So I, I was going to ask you if you were going to Stevie Wonder songs in the Key Life shows, but probably not since you're not that big a fan. But I feel that same way. Like, I love Stevie Wonder, but I feel the same way that you, like, just described about Prince. Like, I recognize he's great and everything, but right. eh, I just ain't feeling everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So only because I don't want this audio to cut out like it has a good four times during the course of this interview. <laughs> but despite that... Dino Red, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Been and a pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Like, if anybody wants to check you out, where can they find your podcasts online? Well, what they want to do is don't look for the Shiznit Show. Look for the Red Rock Podcast Network. Okay, we have one feed with all three or four shows on it. So, look for Red Rock Podcast Network wherever great podcasts are played. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on you know, uh, all the directories. Uh, so you can, you can actually, you can even Google us and we'll be like, you know, number one and number two if you Google us. So, uh, Facebook. Actually, I know you have Twitter. What's your Twitter? Yeah, Twitter is, uh, the Shiznit Show or at the Shiznit Show. 
And Gmail is at the shit. Oh no, the shitness show at gmail.com. The website is www.theshitnessshow. The Facebook page is The Shitness Show or uh, Red Rock Podcast Network. So I'll try to make it easy and consistent. <laughs> Dino Red, I appreciate you coming along. Thank you for choosing five songs. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Awesome. So for Dino Red, I am Lamont. Peace.